come into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is Coast Boys Pod. Known as the playground of the stars. We are back with the best Coast Boys. I am one of your two hosts, Landon McCool. You have found me here at this podcast. You can also find me on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Marcus Mosier at McCoolBCB on Twitter and joined by always by my co-host, John Oning. Joning, tell tell the people what's going on with you. How's it going, everybody? John Oning. Find me on Twitter at John Oning, J-O-H-N. Or J-O-H-N. I don't know why I said A. That was weird. J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Uh, read my work at thescore.com. Just had a piece drop on Reuben Foster to Forrest Buckner. Got another one coming about Trent Brown tomorrow. It's going to be a good one. And my Cowboys writing starts with the Dallas Morning News September 3rd. So be on the lookout for that. Great stuff that we, we, we managed to infiltrate John into one of the major newspapers in the Dallas area. Now we can spread our, our best coast propaganda throughout the Metroplex. So you, you will all be Californians by the end of the month. Okay, we have a big show today. Really, it's, 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 it's very myopic in, in that we're going to be reviewing what has happened um, in this uh, preseason game with the San Francisco 49ers. Lots of good stuff to go over. Um, so uh, that's basically going to be the sole focus of this podcast. So let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Uh, preseason week one has come and gone. Uh, the Cowboys ended up losing the game technically. It's always funny to kind of yeah. <laughs> bring up the score in these preseason games, isn't it? It's like it's, it's – it, but it's also like part of like what you have to say. But it's really – I mean especially the first preseason game – who cares what the score? Yeah, it's is. so weird because when I think about the game, I think like the Cowboys won. I'm like happy about the way everything looked. You know, it's funny. It's a po- yeah. I have a positive outlook on the game coming out of it, and then you look Absolutely. at the score and you're like, oh, we lost. Oops. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> and, it's, and, and, and really, what it does, and, you know, not to get too much on this, but it underscores how uh, not straightforward it is to. Uh, evaluate preseason whether preseason everything like whether it's training camp or preseason you know actual games like because ultimately the goal by neither team is to necessarily win the game like it is in the regular season right the, the goal of the game is to evaluate your players and and for to make it out without injury really like that's really the goal so when you know that, that's what makes this whole thing kind of silly to dis- discuss scores because you know, the only reason we care about scores when they care about the score, and they don't care about the score. So yes, if they the Cowboys care about lost the score. 20... They would they would game plan more. That's probably they would oh, they would probably game plan some. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I so there you, there you have it. Twenty four to twenty one. Congratulations, here. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but no, I, overall, I would you know we kind of mentioned that in that whole long you know tangent that I I, I have to feel like you know especially when you consider. The first team offense and defense, this was a pretty good game for the Cowboys. I, I think this is what we were kind of looking for in a lot of uh, different areas. We got uh, the kind of indicators that we were hoping to get. You know, we still have questions, obviously. It's still very early on. But I think, you know, in a, in a season that uh, – and let's start with the offense, obviously. 
in an offseason where there's been a lot of change, there's been a lot of uh, speculation about where the offense goes from there. Uh, I, I, I've been I've been kind of you know preaching to the idea that that we should probably take the coaches at their word that they're really trying to switch the way that they deal with uh, wide receivers and all that and how and how that will change the look of the offense. And so far, so good. You know, they seem to be you know following through with their their word of of a lot of different formations. We saw a lot of different shuttling of, in of personnel, um, and uh, it's seemingly just you know, based on one drive, basically a, a, a very uh, efficient uh, offense that was able to move the ball uh, and and obviously run extremely well. Yeah, I think the, the offense looked fine tuned. It looked for not, not game planning a lot. They looked in tune. They looked in sync. And the thing is, they looked kind of opposite of what everybody's been saying about the training camp practices about, you know, Dak Prescott and I being able to find him, find anybody on the deep ball. And what does he do? He finds Michael Gallup on the deep ball. It's really interesting to see how the, what you see in practice is not technically what you'll see in the game. And like we talked about before, there are people that are like gamers. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about some of those specifically. Let's, let's, let's go position by position. Cause I think that's the best way to make sure that we get, coverage of all the people we want to talk about. So we'll start at the quarterback position. Obviously, we mentioned that Dak uh, had a pretty good drive. He went three for three, uh, 39 yards, and obviously the the 30-yard touch to uh, Michael Gallup. You know, from all things that we saw, you know, he, he had a bootleg pass. Uh, I think he had another one to – was it – I know he had the bootleg pass to Jarwin. I think maybe another one to Tavon. I think it was a short, short reception. Uh, you know, he only threw three passes. He obviously completed all three. Uh, but he also had a nice little run for a first down conversion. Overall, I feel like we saw enough of Dak to feel like again, he looks good. I mean, I think you know when when the, when the lights come on, this guy is ready to play, and I think uh, I, he's well on his way to continuing that kind of trend of of good play that I think that he he had in 2016. You know, he had in 2017 at points, and then you know things the things for the whole team fell apart. Yeah, he he looked good. Like I said, he looked really good. He looked. The opposite of what everybody's been saying in the practices is deep ball looked good. He looked poised. He looked accurate for the most part. You know, basically what we've been coming to expect out of him. This is how he's been in basically every preseason. You know, the practices have been kind of iffy. Everybody's not really knowing how he progressed. And then the lights turn on and he plays much, much better. Same Seems like the same thing with Cooper Rush, right? He had some... Uh... You know, some some uneven start, a little bit of an uneven start, um, uh, and, and then I, I think for a while, you know, he 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 started to kind of get it to control, get get things under control, and 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 it really did start to even out a little bit. Now, again, I think as some people have speculated, is that the, you know, is that fact that he struggled early and then you know kind of got better as it got later? Does that have to do with the degrading level of talent? Uh, that could be part of it. Is is it because he just needed a little while to kind of get into, uh, you know, his first preseason action? I, I, it's tough to say. I, I I think at this point, you know, Cooper looked gave me enough to feel better about his uh, his situation overall. And then, um, you know, we still have three more preseason games, which I'm sure he's going to get a lot of work in to kind of you know see some more. Uh, but really, I, I think for me, the guy that. I kind of continue to you know continue to uh, scare me a little bit as Mike White because I, I just feel like uh, you know all throughout training camp you know that and we talked about this right and, and you've already, we've already mentioned a couple different times who are the guys who are giving us a little bit of a different look uh in the game versus the practices right and and 
and what is that different look? Are there gamers out there like like we mentioned with Dak? Are there people that are you know the anti gamers, which you know we might mention Anthony Brown a little bit later. Um, but I, I think that you know Mike White, he is one of the guys who carried over his um, his training camp uh, into into uh, the preseason games, and that's not a good thing because I feel like he has struggled in, the, in training camp uh, to you know, get rid of the ball on time to, to, to release the ball, to get it out on time. Uh, and he, he just, I think at times he just sits in that pocket and, and it's just, and not only just is it bad because he's going to get sacked. It's bad because he's missing his windows. They're opening and closing on him. So, uh, I just feel like I, I'm, I feel good about Dak. I feel like Cooper, we need some more time. And then I feel like with Mike white, it's, uh, it's, it's still more bad. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, you know. Mike White, he's a guy that we all I think most people assume will be on the roster at the end of the preseason. But if he keeps performing like he's performing, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas tries to sneak him onto the practice squad. Yeah, and I I, I would be surprised if he did make it just because of name recognition mm-hmm. and you know he's a draft pick. But let's move on to wide receivers. Um, real quick, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Lance Lenore, uh, just because we, we got some uh, great audio. We got a couple of these different clips from Mike Fish Fisher of one of five three and of twenty of Cowboys twenty four seven. Um, so make sure you guys are following at Fish Sports. But he he got us some exclusive audio uh, with uh, Lance Lenore uh, on his uh, two yard touchdown. So let's let's listen to that real quick. We catch the balls and just and feel the, feel the sidelines. So I was just I just knew I was close to the sidelines, so I felt it and just you know dragged the toes. Okay, well, you know I mean I I think with Lance I mean you, you can hear it. The, I mean the guy is he's all determination. He's all hard work. I think he is obviously struggling to try to stay on this team. Uh, but you want you know, we want to talk about the guys who who brought it from practice into the game. I feel like Lance Lenore was one of those guys. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, he's been those guys, been that guy that basically every day from what it seems like has made a big play in every practice. Now in the game, he's made he keeps showing up. But even though that we're showing up, I kind of want to get into what we were talking on Twitter earlier. Is do you think he's gonna make the roster? You know, how do you think the numbers are gonna work out? Because personally, for me. I would take Deontay Thompson over him right now because I've seen him do it against NFL competition consistently. I've seen him be a uh, downfield threat against legit competition. So I would lean to keep Deontay Thompson over Lance Lenore, who I think is probably the two that you're that you're debating on keeping in that situation. What do you think? Do you think Lance Lenore is ready to make the roster, or do you think the numbers don't really work out? It's just so tough. I mean, he's so good. Like, I just feel like I I got to see more. I, I, I mean, I think he's really going to make this team make a very tough decision, you know, and and whether that, you know, and I think you also include Noah Brown, you know, another guy we haven't even gotten to see yet, but, but he got snaps last year and showed us a lot of good stuff. So it's like this team has got almost a problem it's got so many different wide receivers and, and i think we should roll this into what i really want to talk about with this wide receivers is sanjay lal's impact on this team i mean like whether it's gallup or and how what he's done with him and i think we all liked gallup coming in but you know i think with lance lenore or uh any of these guys that we've seen and tavon austin tavon austin is running routes like i I had to go back and watch, you know, some old Tavon Austin just to kind of get an idea of, is this what we saw before with this guy? He looks different. You know, he's running routes different. My, you know, 
Terrence Williams is running routes different. All these guys look improved. Um, and I, I just can't, I, I can't not sing the, the praises of Sanjay Lal. I just feel like we now have a really suddenly very extremely deep, diverse group of wide receivers. Uh, you know, I, and that's kind of what my feeling was in camp, but I, you know, it's tough because I feel like they're they're going against a really tough defense that is you know showing up as well. But you know, after a, a first a one night, I I, I want to see some more. But I, I do think that a couple of these guys are are, are really could be uh, good athlete, good you know receivers, good targets for these guys for this team. And and I think a lot of that has to do with Sanjay Lal and, and his ability to coach these guys up. Yeah, you know, I've been touting Sanjay Lal since the Cowboys brought him in. And, you know, I think on every podcast, I've actually sung his praises about how good I think and how important he is from the, for the team and the wide receivers in the route running in particular. But it's just interesting. It makes me wonder where the wide receiver position would be if they had a coach like Sanjay Law instead of a guy like Derek Dooley. You know, we're really seeing a lot of improvement from the players who were kind of static, who were plateauing a little bit as route runners. And it just interesting. I wonder what he could have done with Des, or I wonder what he could have done with Terrence Williams if he had him coming out as rookie year and all that stuff. Because you already see, like you said, you've seen tangible results from Sanjay Law's coaching. You know, Terrence Williams has been catching it with his hands more. His routes have been more precise. You know, like you were saying with every other receiver, it's just he. It's interesting to see how much a position coach can make an impact on a team because I really think Sanjay Law's had the biggest impact of of. Him or Chris Richard has had the biggest impact of any of the assistant coaches, I think, this year. All right, let's move on to tight ends. Uh, obviously, we saw uh, Swaim, Jarwin, Schultz, and and Gaither's all uh, Gaither all play. Um, uh, I thought that Swaim, we didn't see a ton. I don't think he had any catches that I'm aware of. Uh, but I mean, I feel like he had some. Uh, uh, so he did some good blocking. Uh, on a couple of different plays, specifically, I remember him and Schultz uh, opening up a huge hole um, on that right side for that. I think it was the second pl- offensive play of the game with uh, Rod Smith on that wide zone play. Uh, Schultz, like I think, buried two guys on that play. He was he looked like an animal on that play. Oh yeah, uh, it was that and, was amazing. That was amazing to yeah. see him get the huge hole that he created, and then you know coming out. You know, at Stanford, he's supposed to be the blocking tight end, and he showed it there, which it was good yeah. to see. Yeah, and that's and that kind of block was the kind of stuff that we saw on tape. You know, is that he's he's got great technique, he understands leverage, and when he gets his hands on you, he just works you. Like just he just he doesn't like just kind of slowly, you know, lean into you. He chops his feet, and he's moving constantly. And I, he must be tough to get off of when 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 he's when he's on you. So. Uh, and on top of that, he caught a ball for six yards. Uh, he also had a nice little uh, uh, hot route that uh, uh, looked like Cooper Rush couldn't get get the ball off to him as, uh, in time. Uh, and then Jarwin uh, had two catches for 25 yards. That's your guy. Uh, That's so, your guy. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, I think they clearly – one thing I would say before we move, it, move into the running backs and finish up with the offense, I'll just say, like, I, again, I do like that they were – uh, uh, changing out the formations. You saw a lot of 12 personnel still, and you saw some 11 personnel. You, you saw them kind of moving guys in and out, and I think that's the idea is, is again, you know, use the wide, diverse group of personnel to, to attack teams. And, and Jarwin is kind of mostly a receiver now. He can do some things blocking. 
but you know he's going to be a guy you're going to see a lot in the slot, and 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 I think he's got some skill set to uh, do some damage there potentially down the field, especially in the seam. So uh, I'm excited for this tight end group. I know a lot of people are just kind of meh. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more, but and, and I'd like to see Rico obviously play some more. I mean, I think we're going to, uh, you know, I think they're either trying to figure something out with him or they're going to let him, they got to let him play if he's going to make the team, yep. you know, so, it, it, or if he want, if they want him to make, try to make the team. So uh, I, I'm thinking he probably is going to get a ton of snaps in these last three games. So we'll see. Uh, and then let's move on to running backs. I mean, just not a ton to talk about since it's you know pretty straightforward, but uh, obviously, Rod Smith uh, looked like Rod Smith, which is exciting. This is the kind of thing I've been seeing at, at camp, and I'm glad it, uh, everyone got a chance to kind of see it. But he's looked really good in camp uh, as a catcher, as a as a runner, as every you know. He's just he's his game has become so well rounded. It's it's fantastic. So uh, you know, I even if Zeke was hurt for a time, obviously you're going to have a step down because of who Ezekiel Elliott is. But I, I really have a lot of faith in uh, Rod Smith that uh, to the point where obviously I want to see him on the field with Zeke at times because I think he he you know is just a really great player who's dangerous with the ball in his hands. Anything on Rod Smith before we uh, talk about Bo? Yeah, you know he was the same Rod Smith I think we saw. He's that that gadget guy. He could do everything for you. He's patient running the ball. He's a good pass catcher. He plays all the types of special teams. I feel very good about him. In Zeke's absence, like we saw last year, he acquitted himself very well. I think he's going to acquit himself well this year. I was I was happy with his performance. Yeah, for 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 a backup, well-rounded skill set running back, you don't see a lot of those guys who can also be home run threats. And Rod Smith has kind of shown that he he can take the ball and run with it, man. He can go. So uh, that's a pretty rare skill set, frankly, that Rod has, and I'm, I'm appreciative of it. Uh, let's talk about Bo. Because obviously, lots of people want to talk about Bo, uh, and, and he, you know, he definitely acquitted himself pretty well uh, in, in the game as a runner, which is not really a surprise. Uh, but he also had, you know, did some things on special teams. You saw him uh, running down kicks, and I think he was a wing guy on, on one of the punt teams, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, w- what are your thoughts overall on, on what you saw out of Bo, and, and what are your what do you think his chances to to make this team? I thought Bo looked good. He showed nimbler feet than we. Then I think a lot of people give him credit for. He showed patience. He showed that explosiveness that we that we saw at Alabama that made him such a tantalizing prospect to to be here. And you know I've been on the Bo train. I think he should be your running back number three, especially now that we are seeing Tavon Austin play a lot more wide receiver than we initially thought coming in. I think Bo Scarborough proving that he can play on special teams it would be a very good uh, running back three that you can bring into spell Zeke if you want to bring a hammer. You know, he could, if Zeke gets hurt, him and Rod Smith, I think would be a fantastic one-two punch. So I I personally hope they keep him. The thought process at this point where I feel like I want somebody to make Bo expendable. I, I, want, I want somebody to make Bo's not necessary to be on the team. I, I don't want, I'm not saying I want him cut. I'm saying... I think Bo is, is a fantastic option if someone doesn't ha- take his roster spot. Hey, don't lie, you, you Auburn know. fan. You no. <laughs> I, hear you. I, I, I know, I know no, you. Yeah, I, I see what you're trying to do. 
I see. You. I, I, I don't do that. I don't do that because <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Nobody hurt Auburn more than Rolando McLean, and I loved Rolando McLean. So I don't. I don't do that with my pro sports. Don't. Don't even accuse me of that. But, and, and besides, the guy's name is Bo. For God's sakes. All right. Who do you think he's named after? Oh, we all know who he's. Bo knows who he's named after. Okay. Uh, anyways, I think, listen, I, I think he is a fantastic option. I have no problem if it ends up that we have running back three. If he can play special teams, if he can figure that part out, he's going to be a great running back three on this team. I'm hoping that if, I'm hoping this team is too deep to, to carry him is what it is. I, I hope that they have too many good players that they just figure, okay, we, we, we've got too many good defensive ends, too many wide receivers. We want to keep all of them. So we're, our running back three plan in game is a combination of Jameez Olawale and uh, Tavon Austin. You know what I'm saying? And then if we have to, if we have to go long term, get a running back three, then we'll go sign a guy on the street. I would love for the the, the roster depth to force that to happen, but if it doesn't, I'm fantastically happy with Bo uh, on the team as our running back three. Um, anything else before we go to offensive line? No, let's get to the let's get to the big hog Moglies up front. So I think we start, you know, just because we're talking about what's worth talking about. And the guys that we expected to be fantastic were fantastic. Tyron Smith went out there and bullied some people in the run Zach game. Martin we saw was amazing. Zach Martin was killing dudes. And again, like I would like to provide the context. This is a very good San Francisco defensive line. Oh, yeah, they got talent. Three, three first round picks all of on the defensive line that are very you know big young talented guys um, all kind of similar kind of guys too Solomon Thomas and, and Buckner I mean they're all kind of big athletic uh, rangy guys um, so uh, you know Connor Williams unfortunately fell uh, victim to uh, Buckner early on I think maybe the third snap he gave up a, a sack to Buckner which again you know there's no shame in this, especially uh, you know this is your first game playing guard in, in your the first NFL game with all these things, and the guy that you're facing is is you know all pro worthy level athlete, you know. So uh, yeah, he and he 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 fell in the way that his you know kind of known issue of of stopping his feet and and, and leaning too far, and then he got uh, overarmed and basically it was over. Right, hey, so you can't feel uh, bad about getting arm no. about getting swim moved by DeForest Buckner. He's gonna he's done no. it to many people that are better than Connor Williams, and he's gonna do it to many people that are better than him this season. He's that good. He's a he's one of the best interior defensive linemen that doesn't get enough credit for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and I, look after that, he came back and looked great. He, he, you know, he he was he was moving well. He was getting to the second level. He was finishing dudes. He I mean, nasty. I thought that he he, looked nasty he did. In some of those he looked, goal he line looked short yardage situations. He was creating movement, which you don't expect from a guy with like his size, his athletic build. Yeah, but he uses leverage so well. His core strength is so strong that he is able to create that kind of movement athleticism and flexibility can generate power. I mean, ask Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, so I, I think that what we, what we saw was the rest of the, the time he, they were, he was in there, uh, you know, especially with the first, first line, he looked like a part of that unit and that unit looked whole yeah. for the first time in a little mm-hmm. while uh, had been. In a little yeah. While. One of the, so, one of the things that really, that really stood out to me for Connor Williams is despite being a rookie, he showed an array of hand techniques to stymie pass rushers, you know, there was run rush where he was engaged with his right hand and his left hand. He was grabbing the guy's wrist, which you don't see a lot from uh, especially young interior offensive linemen. He uses that to limit the guy's leverage and his 
and hinder his ability to disengage from the clock. It was really interesting to see Connor Williams be able to adjust as the game is going, using different techniques to stymie different techniques that his opponent is using at him. And I think that's something that's really, really good when you look at for his future. Let's talk about that for a second because that's something as a guy who obviously loves offensive line play as well that I've noticed just generally since Paul Alexander's been here is the extended variety of hand techniques that these offensive linemen have uh, expanded mm-hmm. to. You know, obviously we I think you know, Lyle too. Heard, Lyle has shown a, a, oh, a I, way I think, I think all of them. I, I think all all of them. You know, I mean, I think you know, I think for 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 a guy like Zach who kind of had a lot of it coming into the mm-hmm. league and then you know just continued to uh, develop it. I think you know someone like him and Frederick, those guys like are technicians. I think in a lot of ways, I think they have always done that. But I think Tyron, I think Lyle, I think uh, I think you know, I don't know what Connor Williams' handset necessarily was like outside of what we saw when, when I watched his tape at Texas. But I I think all these guys are using a wider variety of hand techniques than they were uh, last season. I feel like I, I don't know. If, I mean, again, I'm not. I don't know. You know, I'm just I'm just speculating. I'm wondering if it, that is hasn't been a main difference between Pollock and, and, and Alexander is uh, obviously Alexander is a teacher of the high low high hand low hand technique and 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 you know what that advantage that brings in leverage and pass and pass sets, um, but I think that also like you know just watching the yeah that sort of thing like you talked about you see more and more of this this kind of. Uh, uh, extraneous, not just punch, you know, hand technique stuff that they're doing that they really didn't do a ton of uh, a lot the last few seasons. So I think that that's been something that, may, you know, you could we can hope to look for a little bit of improvement a- across the board as these guys actually are, are expanding into uh, different techniques to to use in different in different. Systems. Yeah, I think the bringing in Paul Alexander to bring a totally new way to to coach things. Like, if you think about it going back, these guys have been under Bill Callahan disciples for the entirety of their career for the most part. So from Frank, from Bill Callahan to Frank Pollock, they have learned a certain way of doing things. And that can yeah. kind of – that it can be good and it can be bad. It can be bad because it can hinder your growth and not widen your repertoire as, as big as it can be. So you can't be as effective well, pa- yeah. as you possibly pa- can. But Paul Alexander is going to widen that toolkit. He's coached in every system possible in the last 20 years. No, no offense to Pollock, but I mean, the, he this was his first offensive line, his first, you know, head job as an offensive line coach. You know, he had never done that previously. Like, so and we've heard whispers you know, that the offensive line didn't really take a liking to him too much when he was the when he was the main guy. So you know, I think all of that plus the fact that Alexander is, you know, his. I mean, I think Alexander is on par. Obviously, with with the with the guy like Callahan, you know, where he's been doing it for two plus decades and knows all the tricks and knows how to teach you all this stuff. And, and Alexander's the kind of guy who's been doing it his own way, you know, like for for at least ten or fifteen of those years. So, uh, yeah, I think it, you know, it, new tricks, new tips, uh, it, making this team better. I think that's uh, making the offensive line better when it's already the strength of the team is part of the game. So. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let, we got to get to the defense here. Um, so, but before we do backup offensive tackles, I think we still got some work. Yeah, there, right. I, I, a whole I, lot I, of man. A whole lot of man. I'm not so worried about Cameron Fleming, though. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, from his pass sets. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I I mean anything outside of Cameron Fleming, I think is I'm not loving. So we got to see some more there for sure. 
Um, def- all right, let's go. Let's go to defensive line. Um, we we uh, de- let's start defense overall. I thought the first team defense looked uh, pretty good. Uh, that you know, obviously they uh, uh, didn't allow any points really when the first first unit was out there. Um, and uh, you know, I think Demarcus Lawrence was only out there for one of those um, series, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, but speaking of, let, let's hear a little bit of audio that um, Fish got from uh, Demarcus Lawrence uh, post game, uh, speaking about uh, Taco and Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong looked like he has a little juice, mm-hmm. and Taco Charlton looks like he has a little juice. Oh yeah, they they're gonna be beasts for us this year, you know. Uh, I'm counting on them, you know, to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and um, I feel like they ain't do that today, you know. So um, they got to show their, you know, um, they're not showing it right now. Well, great stuff. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously they're staying hungry. You know, they didn't get the sacks. And that's what they're out there trying to get. So, uh, but I do think overall, for what we saw, uh, good stuff from Taco, and and actually really, really good stuff from Armstrong. I mean, he got really close to a sack, and he was still able to make a play. Uh, and you know. I, I want to think that this was a really good first step for both of those guys so far. Um, tell me, tell me what your thoughts were uh, about Taco and Dorrance. I mean, Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong just seems like a Rod Marinelli guy, right? He's long, yeah. he's quick, he plays hard on every down. He just seems like a guy that Rod Marinelli is going to gravitate to and really take a holding of and really try to develop because that is his kind of defensive end to a T. He looked good, like you said. He was using a lot of long arm techniques to start up his pass rushes. There's a lot of Good footwork. His foot cadence was good. One thing that I saw that he tended to do is that I don't really like is he rushes to contact a little bit too much. I'd like yeah. to see him mix up his rushing, you know, try to use some hand fighting techniques, try to use some, you know, maybe some cross chops, some swipes to shorten the edge just to give the offensive tackle a little bit more to look for. Because if you saw toward the end of the game or the end of his playing time, rather, the offensive tackle were, starting to sit down and really anchor on yeah. that long arm a little bit. So I just like to see him mix yeah. it up. But it's his first game. He looked really, really good for a fourth round pick defensive end. Yeah, and, and uh Charles Tapper is another guy who I thought, you know, he he gave a couple different rushes. There was one in particular where he really got a good dip under an arm under. Uh, was able to sharpen that edge really quickly and get around the corner, flush the, uh, the quarterback out of the pocket, and uh, force an errant throw. Um, and then later on, he actually got, recovered a fumble mm-hmm. as well. I didn't, I don't, I don't know if he caused the fumble. They didn't really give us a good replay, but uh, he was there for getting the ball. So, I mean, a lot it's like wide receiver really at this point. It's it really is. I think you know. Look, they're going to look at Coney Ely. It sounds like from what we heard uh, at the the Garrett press conference this today that they're going to look at Coney Ely a little bit more deep to tackle. And clearly that's mm-hmm. in an effort because they know that they got to find a way to reduce the number of people with DE next to their name in order to make he sure they get all these He has the weirdest players. career, I swear. He, Coney yeah, Ely? coming out, he didn't yeah, look absolutely. great all year. Then he just blows up at the Super Bowl, gets three sacks, and then just can't do anything really after that. Maybe he would be better. Maybe he'll be able to get a career rejuvenation on the inside where he can use his quickness a little bit more. His length is a little bit more of an advantage on the inside. Yeah. We'll see what that works. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Cowboys are thin at defensive tackle right now. If he's going to make it on the roster, that's the spot he's going to have to make it. I'm Honestly, I made this prediction, I think, on Locked On Cowboys with when I was speaking to Rabble Rouser about it after training camp one day. I, I, I made the prediction that I think Coney Ely is going to be the guy who gets cut once Irving gets back, because I think ultimately at the end of the day uh, that 
they're gonna, you know, they're gonna put him inside. They're gonna want him to get his snaps there, and then when Irving gets gets back, he's gonna be made expendable because they're they're not gonna have any room for him at the defensive end unless there's injuries. And if there are injuries, then guess what? You, you've got an in-house already ready to go uh, guy who's ready to step into the defensive end spot once Irving comes back. So, yeah, I think that's likely to be the situation the way that goes, especially now. But let's let's do talk about the guys inside because I do think. One of the th- pleasant surprises, at least for me, and I, I'd love, say I'm, I'm excited to hear say your it. take. We, because know, we all know what you're going to say. Say it. The defensive t- tackles play great, man. <laughs> like, like, uh, and, and not even just like one of them. Like, like all three of Price, Woods, and, and Dayton Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, of all people, uh, is like who really hadn't shown up so much in camp. I mean, he showed a couple different things and again. Let's all keep in mind, Dayton Jones is going against Zach Martin every yeah, single day. Travis Frederick. So, Palmer yeah, Williams. so, so, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's the thing. So, all three of these guys at, uh, at different points, uh, uh, and I think Woods and Jones on one play together, which they blew up a play and got a tackle for loss. Um, you know, we're in the backfield. They were penetrating. Uh, they were causing problems. Price was—I I mean, Price was doing the same thing where he kept on getting the backfield, and then no one else could help him yeah. out. Like so, uh, but I mean, again, he was there. So I don't feel like fine about the defensive tackle position yet. Optimistic, but we're we're, we're yeah. I mean, we're taking steps towards me feeling better about it for sure. Like I, I think that the way that those guys played. It wasn't, uh, you know, we've been assuming this is going to be some kind of glaring situation. I don't know if it's going to be so glaring. I mean, especially with the offensive lines that we might have to face early on. I don't know how glaring it's going to be with these guys playing at this level if they can continue to kind of play at this level. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting with Antoine Woods. You know, two weeks ago, not many people were talking about him at all. Now, I think a lot of people think he's going to make the 53-man roster as to be that nose tackle guy for him and him and Price, probably to be that nose tackle guy up front. It's going to be it's really, it's, it's really interesting to see that every year in training camp, it seems like somebody comes out of nowhere to make the team, and I think Antoine Woods could be that guy. You know, at the game, he really impressed me, not only the everything you said, but he was also really good on stunts. When he was that stabber on the TE stunts, he was taking out both offensive linemen really, really well, targeting that outside shoulder of the guard to the outside shoulder of the tackle, or the inside shoulder of the tackle, rather. It was really good. He helped the defensive ends get home on a couple pressures that way, and that's what you got to do if you're a defensive tackle like him who's not going to be able to bring much of a pass rush one-on-one. All right, let's, uh, let's move back a level. And let's talk about the linebackers, which I mean, maybe the MVP of the uh, of the of the game. I, I, the I think so. Group, all I, the whole I mean, linebackers, all of them. They were just fantastic. I mean, first of all, you guys finally got to see a taste of what uh, people at camp have been seeing of, of new Jalen, new flavor Jalen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's so real quick, let's let's we got a, a nice little uh, interview exclusive thing with Fisher, Mike Fisher talking to Jalen about how he's feeling about uh, about how what he thought about the game. Uh, and so let's take a listen to that first. With Jalen Smith, I, I thought the thing that jumped out, and again, forget the score and all that kind of stuff, uh, team speed, defensive ends, linebackers, cornerbacks, you, you guys looked like you were flying to me. Yeah, I mean, we pride ourselves on running to the ball. And um, we got a lot of young guys, fresh legs, um, guys, who, guys who love football and want to get after it. And we, uh, we play for one another. 
You know what I'm saying? So um, that's that's really just the mentality and the culture that we've built. Uh, you guys had three takeaways, which over the years here has not been a, a strength. How much of that is just kind of the way the ball bounces and how much is, is a, a focus on trying to be a ball hawk? What's well, one thing to work at it. It's another thing to do it. You know, so you work and work and work, but when it's time to go play, you know, you want to, you know, kind of, you know, make happen what you've been practicing. Um, so that's what the emphasis in in the history of the NFL has always been. It's about the ball, the ball, the ball. And the more we can score, the more we can take the ball away, um, the better it gives our chance, you know, put, put our team in a, in a better situation. Okay, so, I, I you know, obviously – it's great news to, to hear Jalen. You know, first of all, he's he's started to really come out of his shell now that he's playing football more. You know, now he feels like he doesn't have to repeat the same old thing over and over again because people are talking about his knee. Uh, that's great to hear. Second of all, let's talk about his actual play on the field. Uh, the dude is actually absolutely going to be a baller. I mean, uh, like he's he his instincts have, have finally kind of gotten back to where they were. He's he's back in football mode. He's scraping that line of scrimmage and tackling people for a loss. Uh, he's running thirty yards back with George Kittle up the seam. Uh, you know, he's just all over this place, and I could not be more excited about where Jalen Smith is right now. Uh, let's start with him. What are your thoughts on I Jay? thought he was fantastic. You know, we saw that lateral ability, that ability to change direction that we were all waiting to see in game action, and we saw it. And it's really, like I said on Twitter, you know, I don't really think we're freaking, up, freaking out enough about that play. That shows that Jalen Smith is close to what we thought he was going to be before the knee injury. You know, he's close to that athletically that good. So I think as he continues to get more experience, continues to – become better in the mental side of the game with reading his keys, diagnosing, being quicker, processing and all that type of things. It's going to, I think our linebacker group is a position that we were maybe a little worried about coming in, but I, I feel really good about it going oh, into man, the season. Oh man, I feel so good. You know, Joe I Thomas. I feel so good about it. Joe Thomas might've been the best guy out of the whole group and Jalen played really well, but that shows you how well Joe Thomas played, you know, even on that play where Jalen Smith made that tackle, who was right there with them? Joe Thomas. Well, yeah, that I, I was actually going to phrase it the other way. You want to see how impressive where Jalen is right now. He beat Joe Thomas to mm -hmm. the ball, which is insanely impressive. And, and, and just barely and, and my, and that I was going to segue to my talk about Joe Thomas, who, you know, look, here's where Joe Thomas is. He's kind of a, an undersized, not that undersized, Will Mike, you know, linebacker, he's going to be a fantastic uh, uh, Sean Lee backup until whoever's ready to take over that role. He's going to be great in nickel. He, I mean, to have him as your third or fourth linebacker is just such an incredible luxury. I can't even speak to it. I mean, I mean, he was one of Green Bay's best uh, defenders last year. Like, I, I mean, as far as I, whatever he's on the field, like I, I, like I thought that he was. He was one of their best nickel linebackers on the team. And so the fact that we got him as like our fourth guy now uh, is incredible. And, and he's shown up at camp all over the spot. You know, that he made that great dive in the game, great diving interception in the game. Uh, he's all, he's around the ball a lot. He flies around to the ball. He, got, he cuts uh, through you know, traffic really well. Did you see that play he made on the inside yeah. zone where he undercut the undercut the track on hit the alley against the right guard i believe and just hit the hole yeah, and got the tackle was. for a loss that is beautiful yeah. things and it's beautiful because in green bay he was known as the coverage linebacker but here he is yeah. making plays against the run so it, you know it's i'm just over the moon with this pick because you know linebackers are a position in training camp they're really hard to evaluate how well they're playing but first game yeah. action man he played about as well as he can play 
Yeah, and you know, obviously there's a lot of questions going around. Is he better than uh, Leighton Vanderish right now? And and you know, at this point, it doesn't really matter because we still got three more weeks. And I think honestly, that formula may change because just the ascension that I've seen from Leighton Vanderish in the last two weeks has been very impressive. Because now he's everywhere. Now he's started to really kind of catch up. I, you know, he's still. I, I'm still the seeing him. The mental side take, is still a little bit. He's. He's yeah, just, and, and, he's a and, and, He's a first game rookie. Is basically what he and, what he is. And it's the and the angles. I still think there's times when the angles aren't. He's not using his athleticism quite the way he should because I think he's not. He's afraid to take some angles. That that's something we saw with Jalen too. You know, it was just misjudging that and then being timid with that. But I think, oh, you know, pass coverage. We obviously saw that incredibly athletic diving interception he made. Uh, and I, when he when he sees it and he pulls the trigger. Uh, he's good to go for sure. Uh, so I, you know, I think right now what you've got is and and then you know Damian Wilson who also made uh, in play a, a couple different incredible plays. I just think that you've got a, an incredible linebacker cr- uh, crew uh, to the point where you may even be looking at this spot for a potential trade scenario, maybe with a guy like Damian Wilson. Um, I, I I I think that right now uh, you feel really really good about. I don't really know how it's going to shake out exactly yet, but I feel really good about however it does shake out. And right? I think the great thing is, is they're going to be insulated from a Sean in Sean Lee injury. Obviously, you can't replace oh, a guy yeah. like Sean Lee. A better, much better yes. than they were before. Yes. Totally agree. It's going Absolutely. to be a lot. I think if he misses that game or two that he misses almost every season, I think you're going to see that there's not going to be a huge drop off with Joe Thomas, Light, and Van Der Esch being able to split the time and be able to uh, together be able to create. So the production that's similar-ish to what Sean Lee can do. Or if the team had to, they could actually hold Lee out of a game yeah. if they felt like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, which which was completely out of the question at any point in others' career. He had to be on the field. Now it's to the point where, well, maybe this is we, a specific you know team that we're playing or something, and, and we want to give you know Lee some rest so his legs are fresh later in the season. You feel a little bit safer about doing that. Uh, in a situation like this, you know, so uh, all right, let's we got to talk about the secondary, and then we got to get out of here. Uh, so let's let's start with the cornerback position. Uh, Byron Chidobe, you know, everything was obviously very vanilla, very you know, very basic coverage, very basic. Uh, you know, I think that generally there was a little bit of some spacing issues at times with some of the the zone stuff. Um, definitely later in the game. Um, but I think that, you know, also again, they're running very vanilla coverages, you know, they're not, it's, it's very basic stuff. So I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway. I thought Byron looked fantastic. Yeah. I saw Shadobi give, gave, gave a, a, a pass up, but I, you know, again, it's it's kind of tough to, to judge these guys in zone coverage in a, in a preseason game. So and exactly, and we don't got uh, the all twenty two. We're sitting here with yeah. TV angles. It's really tough to tell. Yeah. Oh, we should definitely preface all this, even though it's not yeah. a preface. Obviously, we, we're seeing all this from the game stuff. We don't have all twenty two on this. So, but give me your thoughts overall, Byron Chidobe. What were your I thought Byron on? did good. You know, there was three passes intended his way. None of them were completed. He looked good. He looked like what we've been seeing in training camp so far. Chidobe Awuzie, he looked good. He had a he had a one play, I think, one pass deflection where he drove on the ball, which was nice. He allowed yeah. a couple uh, completions, but nothing that was drastic. He was never beaten badly or made to look a fool of with anybody's uh, anybody's you know stems. He was basically. 
the starting cornerbacks looked about as I thought they were going to look. You know, they were going to look pretty good. Vanilla coverages, not, not doing them a lot of help. You know, so it's just going to be a mixed bag of what you're going to see in these preseason type situations. Yeah, and early on they were having some uh, issues kind of getting – they were doing some stunts that weren't getting anywhere, so they actually were having to cover quite a bit uh, uh, early on. So that's that's something to keep them out, especially on that uh, deep, deep reception on uh, – well, not the deep – the 12-yarder the to – that Jadobi gave up. I, I think that that was, you know, hopefully with a little bit better rush, that doesn't even happen. So, uh, on the other side of this coin, uh, Anthony Brown did not seemingly have a great game. Uh, I, I saw a couple different routes where he, he was there in coverage and did some things and was doing what he was supposed to. But then you, you saw uh, the holding yeah, call. Two hands in coverage, which has been a problem with him yeah, since I coming into the league. And and honestly, it was kind of ticky tacky. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but still, like you you gave him enough for them to give the call. I think it wasn't completely ticky tacky. So he needs to be careful about that. That and he's already got a reputation. I don't know if that's what preceded him or what, but he he's got to be careful about that kind of thing because when he stops moving his feet, he starts reaching on guys, and he just starts leaning on them and grabbing. And he needs to keep his feet moving. Mm-hmm. He needs to keep moving with the guy and trust his eyes, trust his technique. And, and not freak out. He freaks out when the ball gets close, yeah. right? Like that's that's what I'm seeing is that it just it gets close to him. The guys, you can tell that the ball's coming. He starts grabbing instead of just looking back for the ball and, and making the play, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan Lewis, I, you know, I think he played for the most part. He played fine. <laughs> there was that one reception, that one deep reception that looked like it was on him, but uh, that very much was on Mark Weston Huff. On, Mark Weston Huff, who I, I, I do not – I mean, that's part of the thing that you need the All-22 mm-hmm. is because I do not understand how he was – it was cover three from what I could yeah. tell, how he was supposed to be the single safety high. And he got drawn how they, they run much. they They run out of the frame. You see Jordan Lewis and the wide receiver run out of the frame for the broadcast video, and then the next thing you see – Jordan Lewis is inside of Mark Weston yeah. Huff, the and the wide receiver is even inside of him, and Huff is the most outside person. Like, I, what happened there, buddy? Like, that's not how that's supposed to be drawn up. And I, I think this is a good way to kind of transition into the safety spot, which, you know, I thought I saw him do a couple other things that were pretty positive, actually, and especially on special teams, but that is a pretty egregious error for a, strong, uh, for a single safety high to be – that mm-hmm. far out of position uh, when someone's running into your zone. I, I legitimately thought Jamil Showers outplayed Mark Weston Huff. You know, he made a couple plays in the run game. He had good spacing from yeah. what I could tell without the all-22 in coverage. You know, he looked okay. He looked all right, you know. And the, guy, the safety that I thought really stood out was Kayvon Frazier. I thought he looked explosive. I thought he looked like the type, kind of tone setter that – he showed he was at the end of last season. I think he's going to be able to continue to do that this season. I I love him as a third yes. safety or as a rotational part-time safety. But I, I think it's much like Wilcox. You can get really good returns out of this guy if you just limit his snaps. But I think the more snaps you put him in, I, I think when you put him in with something specific to do, he's really, really good with an assignment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you want to blitz him on the edge or something like, or if it's run defense, like, or yeah, I think he can do that. Where he struggles is if he's having to play a tight end down the field, if he's having to cover running backs, like that's where he kind of struggles with the day to day 
box running back stuff but you know like he makes plays in the same way that Wilcox used to make plays in kind of unconventional manner with his hitting with his with a forced fumble or with you know putting a hand on the ball he clearly can make plays that way um let's talk about the starting guys a little bit we didn't see a ton uh it seemed to me like Woods was for the most part in in position I think that you know again without all 22 it's difficult to tell but I you know I, I saw him a tick late on one play where uh, he you know he gave up a little bit of a big game where he should have been there maybe a, just a tick sooner, uh, but and then I think that we saw. Uh, but overall, I think he was he looked good from what I could tell, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then I uh, from with thirty eight you know I think you know same thing I I have I have no issues with thirty eight play with with Heath playing starting safety like I feel like he is going to be solid with the occasional play being made so I, I'm I think he's ready to go I think we know what he is and I, I'm you know no surprises by his play and not really much to report but I I, I feel comfortable yeah it's been great to see his progression from you know kind of a really spotty safety to kind of an okay safety to I think now he's a really solid safety you know just solid One thing yeah. that I thought was solid. interesting is they is they had Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath flipping strong safety and free safety a lot throughout the game. What Woods would play single high deep one play, then he'd play in the box another, and Jeff Heath would be played back. I'm going to be interested interested to see if that continues in the season. Well, Woods has got to figure out how to play strong safety when Earl Thomas. Can. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, I think that's uh, about it for us. Uh, we want to make sure that you guys follow us. Uh, I, I'm at McCoolBCB. Joning is at John Owning, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. There's no A in there, John. <laughs> uh, and uh, make sure you also follow our podcast show uh, at Best Coast Boys with a Z, not the S. Special thanks again. Extra special thanks tonight to uh, Mike Fisher. Make sure you follow him at fish sports and you catch us on cowboys 24 7 that's 247 sports.com forward slash nfl forward slash dallas that dash cowboys or you can download the show on the cowboy sports radio app on your phone for ios uh iphone and for google play on android uh, and we yes yes so we finally are on itunes so make sure you guys check us out there in the podcast app uh, download and listen. Tell your friends. Rate and uh, give us a five-star review. And I promise to send you uh, a very happy mental note from uh, when I read it. Peace, love, and prosperity is what we're sending. Yes. Yeah. That's. I mean. I mean. I don't. I don't have any gifts. <laughs> just please do it. Just. Just do it, please. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and until next time, guys. Happy trails, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>